The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Voice America welcomes you to Stars of PR with Cindy R. Now, here's the host and CEO of BR Public Relations, Cindy Rakowitz. Good morning, everybody. Just as we're drowning in the bad news in all of our front pages and TV newscasts, we hear that the Mexican economy is completely shut down now because of the swine flu which is scary in itself, but doesn't have great implications for the world economy either. Today we are joined by Lori Williams, the Chief Strategist for LWN Associates, and she will be discussing Business Simply Put, a newly launched web portal where business people find answers. So welcome, welcome, Lori. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on, Cindy. Good morning. Good morning. We're, the reason why I decided to dedicate a show to you is because all of my shows have been giving tips to my listeners about how to get through tough economic times. And it seems to me that you're, you know, in your business, you coach people and how to get through them and share your insights in, you know, how to manage things through these times of short cash and maybe give us some answers and forecasts and how long this might go, huh? Yeah, you know, it's it's definitely not a fun time. I was just on a panel recently that was sponsored by Bank of America, and they asked me what was it like to be a finance and strategy consultant in today's economic environment. And my answer at first was, it's not fun. It really is not. But the good news is that there is things that you can do, and there are strategies that you can put in place. It's difficult right now because the recession is all-encompassing and the bank lines are frozen and you don't know exactly what's going to happen tomorrow. But nevertheless, you can make guesstimates, and we can talk this morning about some of the areas that you can focus at because if you have a strategy that you can at least employ, you can begin to move forward rather than be frozen in time trying to figure out what to do. Yeah, I think that's a good idea, and there are many of them. And I know that this is not so much your area of expertise, but... Um, this show has really become sort of a forum for evangelists to talk about 2.0 and how people who may be in a little bit of an older demographic, particular baby boomers, better get on that train or they're going to miss it. So, um, And again, I know that's not really your area of expertise, but it's something that this show advocates over and over again. And if it's something that you can't talk about, that's fine. But we're still going to talk about it because that's what my listeners need to hear. Well, and, you know, as far as it, I say it's not my area of expertise because of the fact that I'm not somebody that is a um, proponent of studying it to the point that I could comment on it as an expert. However, 
personally and professionally, I do use a lot of social media to promote my company. And oddly enough, I've been keeping up with a blog. In fact, I think it's been maybe two or three years. I started blogging when blogging first became popular. Um, I have a LinkedIn, Facebook, Plaxo account. You know, so I started doing that immediately just because I've always had a fascinating fascination with the Internet and technology, and it's in my blood. Having started my first company when I was 27, which was an advertising marketing company, we used the Macintosh computer when it first came out and everybody said it wasn't going to last. So I've always been on the forefront of technology to that extent. I recently had an experience with my blog where I was contacted by somebody who's writing a book on social media and professional firms, and I'm actually going to be highlighted in the book. The part I like to express about it is more of a personal statement on how many mornings I wrote my blog, posting it, thinking, am I doing anything that's going to matter someday, or am I just getting up and forcing myself to write something? And there's this belief that, you know, I think I should do it, and besides, I enjoy sharing. And so I started just going about it from that thought process, and today I'm finding that people are contacting me through the social media sites that I use, and here I'm going to be published in a book. So I do believe in 2.0. I do believe that it's important to be all over and have an omnipresence, and that's the way we're going to communicate in the future. Yeah, no, I think it's very, very important. Well, tell it, give us, you know, give us a little bit of an introduction, you know, about your expertise, how you came to do it, um, how you help companies, some case studies. You know, why don't we start from there so that my listeners can be tuned into your background. Absolutely. You know, I've had a um, long progression of different experiences throughout my career that I say, you know, I'm just turned 45, I say right about 40, it finally made more sense to me. But for the past 20 years, I've been working with businesses that are either trying to grow their company to the next level, or unfortunately, now in these hard economic times, are simply trying to survive. Um, I focus in the areas of strategy and finance, having experience in the dual disciplines by owning an advertising and marketing company at the beginning of my career and then transferring into finance, even functioning as a commercial lender for a period of time. So the two disciplines combined provide me with the ability to understand the complexities of the market and the internal functions of cash flow, profitability, and leverage. Now, how I apply that expertise? I About a decade ago, I decided to focus solely on middle market companies, small and middle market companies. I really enjoy working with them because they lack the full team, the board of directors, the CFO, the, you know, everybody that w- would be on a large corporation, they lack the expertise. And usually by going in and just tweaking a few things and helping them in an area, you can see them grow overnight. And it's very um, rewarding for me to watch company owners and entrepreneurs experience their dreams and be able to bring this expertise to the table. Well, yeah, I would say that's true, but in very small companies, there, you know, the, pers- the company owner or the sole proprietor is indeed the CFO. <laughs> very much so. And, and I work under LW Associates, which is the consulting um, portion of my business. I work with companies that usually are about 10 to $60 million in revenue. You know, there's no hardcore rules, but that tends to be the size of the companies. Last year, I... Um, launched Business Simply Put, which is a website, and it uh, provides company owners of all size with the ability to tap into my expertise as well as others at very low fees. You can take a 
a webinar for $35 where I teach a class how to read financial statements for $195. And I also offer summaries that you can download, PDFs for, you know, $19.99. So Business Simply Put was my launch to try to be able to reach out to the smaller companies who I worked with when I was 27, but over the years, you know, perhaps can't afford or need a full-time consultant at the side time. So that's the two sides of the business model. Yeah, no, I, well, I think that's good. I think right now in this economy, particularly where a lot of corporate executives who once had staff working and supporting them don't really know what to do when they're putting their sole proprietor cap on. They really don't. Now, I mean, you could run, you know, a hundred million dollars for Fortune 500 companies, and your, you know, and strategically do, you know, your quarterly budgets and your forecasting, etc. But when you're starting your own business, you really don't know where to start. It's um, it's really quite alarming for the people who are newly unemployed because. It- you know, Cindy, that's so interesting that you recognize that. I knew noted over the years, especially during the hiring process, when somebody came from a large corporation and they had a big title, people would be all excited about the opportunity of bringing them on their company when they didn't realize that they had a full staff that did a lot of the mundane tasks and they perhaps don't have the expertise in those areas. So you're, you're completely correct about that. You know what this reminds me of back in, uh, you know, about 87, 88, our other recession, uh, I had my advertising company at that time, and I recall IBM laid off a lot of workers. I don't know the number, but it was a lot of workers. But what was fascinating about that time, it was a paradigmatic shift where people said, oh, I could get laid off. I could be here for 20 years and no longer have a company. And that was the first time that I recall that this belief was actually shattered in being with a company forever. And at that point in time, a lot of people did go out and start their own company, and Inc. Magazine even predicted there was going to be this wave of entrepreneurship. I had the honor to give a presentation to the IBM alumni group. It was about marketing and how they can go out and start their own company. Um, I'm seeing that today, but obviously much more acceptable. And going back to your you know, social media discussion, what I love about today's technology and find fascinating how you can start a company overnight for little funds because technology allows you to do so. Right. No, I, I think that's true. Part, you know, And I don't know how much you advise your clients in this area, but there's so many um, there's so many tools available through the SAAS category or product line, you know, software as a service, that you could basically have your human resource function all done for you virtually online. Um, you know, so much so surveys are available to anybody, so they could be their own research director through SurveyMonkey, etc. Accounting software like IACZ. Um, virtual desktops like CloudWorks, um, invoicing and billing like FreshBooks, um, you know, categorizing and filing, you know, receipts, etc., like Shoebox. That, in essence, people should be aware of SAAS so much because they could have a whole staff, <laughs> you know, reporting to them that's just an online service. 
Yeah, I agree. I have been fascinated. I've been watching a lot of the different technologies that are available and trying to consider when it would be a good idea to engage in some of them, especially the um, CRM. You know, you may not need a full CRM solution in a smaller company, but you can get access to an SAS solution. Um, And it is very exciting as to what the future might hold, and I love the open source technology. I think that the more sharing we can do, the better off we are because we run into, you know, in, in the past, especially with technology, and you get into an Oracle system and you want to do some customization, it's very costly. So the small companies have to take the out-of-the-box product. I cannot tell you how many accounting nightmares I have because I have customized software for a order delivery program which links into the accounting program, and I really don't have good accounting reports that I can get my hands on because it's first and foremost a order process software with an accounting system kind of somewhat put in the back. That's why you have to recommend IACEZ because it was created by a CMA who has devised this for the last 12 years. And she knows the accounting is done for you. It's transactionally based and it's only $19.99 a month. But listen, we have to take a commercial break. Please stand by. We're going to talk more about you, Lori and LW. Um, and associates, in just a minute, we just need to take this commercial break, and we'll talk a little bit more about the stuff that you do. We have a few segments to do that, so you'll get everything in. No worries about that. So stand by, and we'll be right back. Okay. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Movie premieres, TV specials, radio shows, film festivals, restaurant openings, fashion shows, charity events, product launches, parties, media training. At VR Public Relations, we do everything except make empty promises. Grand openings, crisis management, speaking engagements, television, movies, radio shows. VR Public Relations gets the job done, whether it's an intimate party or a huge film festival. In fact, you've probably seen our work in the New York Times, on the evening news, CNN, and the morning shows. Now, it's time for us to assist you. Turn saleability into profitability with the help of VR Public Relations. Visit us online at www.vrpublicrelations.com or call 1-818-783-3307. Movie premieres, charity events, TV specials, radio shows. VR Public Relations. We do it all. www.vrpublicrelations.com. When you think about change in your life, do you think about yourself? How does that translate to growth in your business? The change we want to see in our business starts with ourselves as leaders and the impact we can make. Join host Linnea Hagen on a terrific journey that takes you from motivation to inspiration. Every Tuesday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time, listen for Abundance Leadership right here on the Voice America Business Network. Abundance Leadership. Grow your business. Grow yourself. 
Looking for a good time? We've got a show that will give you a wild ride. This show will make you feel good. And it's not even bad for you. You need your time to let loose. It's time for a feel-good party. Pull up to the computer, mix yourself a drink, and turn up the speakers. Happy Hour is here. Every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. It's called the biggest radio show in the world. Hosted by international personality and pundit, Michael DeMarco. You don't know what's coming next. The biggest radio show in the world on Voice America. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Stars of PR with Cindy R. If you have a question or comment, call in at 1-866-472-5788. Now, back to the show. Here's Cindy Rakowitz. We're back. We're with Lori Williams, the chief strategist for LW and Associates. She simply launched her new website called Business Simply Put, and that's for the new business, um, the new small business owner who might have some basic questions about running their small business and having access to some simple answers. So welcome back, Lori. If Thank anybody you. has questions, you could contact me via Twitter at, at crakowitz, and um, we could forward some of your questions on to Lori if you have them. So, Lori, and let's talk about um, this this new website, you really did this, I guess, because of the growing number of unemployed that need to have access to these tips, I guess, and they don't have the budgets to pay for a strategist. Yeah, how it came about is I started teaching a class. Well, I've always been a writer and a speaker in addition to a consultant, so I've taught classes over the years. But a couple years ago, I started teaching a class how to read financial statements because I felt as though business owners needed to understand and have that information. And so as that class became popular, I decided to market it under its own brand, and I chose the words business simply put. Well, over the period of time, I realized that there was a lot of information that I had in my head and other people who had experience um, could share, and the books that were currently available to business owners seemed to me to be in two directions. Either it was business for dummies, which was so basic that it, people needed information beyond it, or it was an academia study with case histories from Coca-Cola that the small company couldn't relate to. So I thought there was this huge void where a small and medium-sized company, they just needed the information, they wanted it concise, they wanted it about them, for them, and they could apply immediately. And with that thought in mind, Business Simply Put and the website Business Simply Put grew to where I tried to identify the subject matter that's required for a company to succeed and create, like I said, webinars, classes, as well as summaries to download. And also there's free interaction. There's News Explained. So if somebody sees something on TV and they're like, what is this? I, I started this when they were talking about credit default swaps because I was being asked all the time to explain that. Or there's an Ask an Expert where you can ask a question. I have experts that answer it. So the concept was Business Simply Put was to give information for small businesses um, that apply to them directly. Well, okay, well, that's a great resource, and um, I also want to add, if you're in the state of California, Provisors is a very, very good group for um, entrepreneurs to join and network with. There's 
you know, online support is a really great thing, but there's really nothing better than face-to-face meetings and face-to-face networking, and you could check out Provisors at www.provisors.com. Um, you know, I want my listeners to know and have every single solitary tool available to them that they can possibly have, and uh, particularly in this recession. Now, um, is this meant, is this recession, Lori, harder to manage than previous recessions? I feel as though it is for this reason. It's all encompassing. You know, starting with the housing markets and then going into the credit markets, it's hard to predict what's going to happen tomorrow. So what, when you're managing cash flow for a business, with the banks being so risk adverse, you don't know if suddenly they're going to change the credit line. So you well, think the, you, you know, have you cash have to. If we look historically at recessions, I want to just talk about you know, um, sort of a, a point of reference here. Yes, the banks and their and and the credit freeze is sort of um, an X variable. However, for those of us that study the history of depressions and recessions. The Great Depression at the beginning of the of the century, the 1920s and 30s, it was all based on make-believe stock, okay? At least in this recessionary time, it's based on real estate bubble on the most part. It's a subprime mortgage mess. And at least even though this land value became so tremendously inflated, um, there still is land value. When you look at the Great Depression from, you know, in the late 20s and 30s, there was no value. It was make-believe paper. So I think that people can take comfort in knowing that at least there's a value attached to the overinflation that was made up, and um, you could still go back to basics. So when you put it in that context, this is not really the worst of recessionary times in our history. No, I don't believe it's the worst. I just think it's a little bit difficult to predict when you're managing the businesses because you don't know when the cash flow is going to come in, if the bank's going to change their mind on the line, and because we're having continuous bad news, the consumer confidence is yet questionable. So I don't by any means see that this is the worst recession. I'm not a gloom and dooms, and it will end. In fact, I'm currently working on an article that says, after the recession, what next? Because I believe that we have to be very conscious that when we're cutting staff and making all these changes, we don't do to the point that we can't take advantage of the opportunity when it comes because it will. Okay, but, you know, when you talk about harder to manage and all of that kind of stuff and you talk about previous recessions, are you talking about the dot-com bust? I mean, there was a, there were a whole bunch of little mini-recessions that we felt on our radar. Yeah, in fact, we could speak of one of those where I can give an example to that. When the dot-com bust hit, it was concentrated in a specific sector. Now, other companies and other industries were affected, but you didn't have the unknown, and I go back to the banks, and the reason being is, you know, as you sit there and you look at what you're going to decisions you're going to make in the next couple months, and if you have it leveraged through a bank, you you say, well, I've got this much on my credit line. Well, if my credit line comes up for renewal and the bank is risk adverse, do I really have that much? Can I get any other debt financing if I need it? So the access to capital is what makes this one very difficult to manage because you, if you have enough capital and you can leverage your business, you can get through this and then come out on the other side. It's the not knowing where things are across the board that I 
feel personally makes it a little bit more hard to manage. Yeah, I know. Well, well, what do you think? I mean, when I when I go and I study what economists are saying, everybody seems to feel comfortable predicting some kind of normality in March of 2010. So what's your feeling? Well, I would agree to that. In fact, I believe that we're going to start to see movement. It's going to be dependent on industries. You know, it did not affect all industries equally. The recovery is not going to either. What I'm doing on my forecasting models is I'm managing my businesses through October, November to be really rough seas, and then I expect Q1 of next year for things to start picking up. Some of them will experience it a little bit more if they have more you know, seasonal sales, some of them after Q1. But I'm considering that until like October, you know, somewhere around there is where I've got the aggressive cash management, and then I'm going to start seeing a flow. And, of course, uh, you know, that backs into certain days, like 30 days when sales turns into money. But that is my belief. I believe by next year, Q1, we're going to start seeing opportunity be evident in most industries. Okay, so when you say opportunity in Q1, that doesn't necessarily mean that we'll be back to, quote, end quote, normality. No. It means that, you know, that's when things are going to probably start opening up again, and it probably comes from, you know, again, I've been studying all of these economic professors and analysts like a crazy person because I've become sort of obsessed with it. And, um, again, every all of the most conservative forecasters and analysts are saying, you know, they're going to see things turn back to normal in about you know, going toward the second quarter of 2010. Yeah, I, I believe it's going to be a slow recovery, and I think there's going to be a new normal. So depending on how we use that word, I don't believe that we're going to go back to the excessiveness that we had prior. I think there's going to be a new normal, but I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. I think as our you know country and our people as whole, if we come back to what is you know, within our proper means, that is something that will benefit us. It's getting there. That's the difficulty. The problem, too, being that things halted so quickly. It was almost like overnight the markets froze. That's an exaggeration because it didn't, but that's what it felt like. So I think there's going to be a new normal, and when we come out of, you know, 2010, it's going to be something that we'll just settle into, and that will become what we expect from that point going forward. I like the new normal, Laurie. That's a good word. You should use that in one of your blogs. I, I really do. I like the new, new normal, normal. <laughs> because um, it, what it does is it just brings people into this flat perspective instead of this inflated one, and it was the overinflated perspective that really got everybody into a lot of trouble. I think so, too. I think it's going to be a more healthy environment, and just like any situation when you go from one extreme to another, it, it hurts in the process. So I felt from the very beginning that this was going to be a painful process, but one that we needed to go through and one will be better for afterwards, and if you want to pass it on to mankind, I think our children and grandchildren will be in a more healthy economic I like that. I really, really like that. And unlike the Great Depression, uh, you know what? There probably won't be the same kind of obsession with the people who had to wait on bread lines. Yeah, I agree, and I think, you know, I've been in business all my life, but I also have strong beliefs about the quality of our life, and 
I think that if we can also start engaging in thoughts about what is beyond the workday, do we really need to own all these possessions? Would some quality time out in nature make more sense than working all these hours? I think those are great questions for a society to ask. And I'm seeing those being asked today, and I think the people that are coming behind us watching what's happening to their parents are asking that question, as they were. You know, they were already. And so maybe workaholics is not going to be as excessive in the future, and that's not a bad thing. No, you're right. I mean, what we keep on talking about, and I think what you and I agree about, is um, this sense of reality and sense of balance. In a second, we're going to have to take another commercial break, but, Lori, because I knew you had a lot to say, I slotted out the whole hour for you. So, um, And I hope you don't mind. Oh, no, not at all. Oh, no, but, um, you know, I, I like this point of, you know, new normal. Is that what you called it? Yep, the new normal. <laughs> Um, I, I think that in terms of buzzwords, it's right on point in, you know, in, in taking your clients, potential clients, you know, um, you know, to a baseline. And I, and I just think that that's what we all have to do. We're, we're all strategists. You and I are different specialty areas, but, um, you know, we have to define the new normal. Mm -hmm and help our clients work from that baseline. But listen, Lori, we're going to take another commercial break, and we'll talk more about the new normal and some of the clients that you have and some of the advice that you give in the next couple of segments. And um, people are enjoying it. Stay tuned. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Movie premieres, TV specials, radio shows, film festivals, restaurant openings, fashion shows, charity events, product launches, parties, media training. At VR Public Relations, we do everything except make empty promises. Grand openings, crisis management, speaking engagements, television, movies, radio shows. VR Public Relations gets the job done, whether it's an intimate party or a huge film festival. In fact, you've probably seen our work in the New York Times, on the evening news, CNN, and the morning shows. Now, it's time for us to assist you. Turn saleability into profitability with the help of VR Public Relations. Visit us online at www.brpublicrelations.com or call 1-818-783-3307. Movie premieres, charity events, TV specials, radio shows. VR Public Relations. We do it all. www.brpublicrelations.com. Radio by George is a lifestyle program dedicated to improving the lives of listeners by focusing on the holistic growth of their mind, body, and spirit. Host Eddie George shares his life experiences as well as the experiences of his guest commentators and experts with the listening audience to focus them toward reaching their personal and professional goals. Tune in every Monday afternoon at 1 p.m. PST 
4 p.m. EST to Radio by George on the Voice America channel and learn more from the life experiences of a man who went from being a somewhat unruly kid in the streets of Philadelphia to a retired professional athlete who has become a role model for not only young people but for businessmen and women globally. Plan to spend your Monday afternoons with Eddie George and his empowering talk radio show, Radio by George. That's every Monday at 1 p.m. PST, right here on the Voice America channel. If you've tried everything on the market and can't seem to get the radiant results you want from your skincare routine, it's time you stop shopping and start listening. Skin Health Today will help you take charge and start making smart choices for a lifetime of radiant skin and positive self-image. Join host Celeste Hilling and her esteemed panel of experts every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time for Skin Health Today on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Get free advice from crisis communications guru Cindy Rakowitz now. Call 866-472-5788. Let's get back to Stars of PR. Here's the host and CEO of BR Public Relations, Cindy Rakowitz. Hi, we're back talking about the new normal. We're with Lori Williams, the chief strategist for LW and Associates. She has a website, Simply Business Simply Put. Is, the, is it just businesssimplyput.com? Businesssimplyput.com. Oh, okay. Businesssimplyput.com, where you could have the basic questions answered for running your business. What kind of clients do you have, Lori? Well, um, as a consulting, as the consulting aspect, I have the clients that are in the furniture business. I have clients that are in medical billing. I have clients in real estate. I mean, it just really varies. Um, most of them, like I said, are uh, have been established in business for quite some time, and their questions are trying to get to the next level, like I, I expressed earlier. Now, on business, simply put, it's a myriad of people, especially you know that attend the classes. It's amazing to me because I can have people that are attending the classes that are just thinking about starting a company and preparing themselves mentally by getting information. I have had public companies that have sent their staff. I've had people on boards that suddenly need to know more about finance to make good decisions on boards, and I've had students. So it's been an array of different people that have attended the seminars, et cetera. Right, right. How often do you give your seminars? The um, How to Read Financial Statements, I do every two or three months. Um, and then there's a couple other webinars that I do. About every two or three months, I um, fluctuate on the different topics. Like there's a seminar I do on strategic planning made simple. I'm a big proponent on strategic planning, uh, especially for the smaller companies. They don't engage in that enough. And you know, usually every two or three months, I'll repeat a class. Okay, got it. And do you list your classes on your website? Yep, all the on under the um, forums classes tab. Not only are they listed the ones that are coming up, but there's a calendar that lists them all throughout the year. All right. Now you told me that you had an advertising and marketing background originally, right? Correct. So how did you get into finance? 
Well, you know, it was when I relocated from um, Dallas to California. I had intended on starting my advertising and marketing firm once again, but I wanted to have it where I was just doing the consulting portion and not, you know, in the print um, and collateral material. And when I relocated to California, I thought, okay, I'm going to start my business again. And then I realized I'm a little bit overwhelmed. I don't even know where the grocery store is. I think I'd better just, you know, get a job for a period of time and get situated. I'm 45 now. This was back when I was 31. And so it just so happened that as I was finishing up my MBA, I got involved with um, a company where I was negotiating leases, and then I took a job as a commercial lender. So I started getting into the finance world and was really fascinated by it. Oh, wow. No, okay. So how does an advertising and marketing person get a job as a commercial lender? Oh, it's very difficult. I'll tell you that. And what's even more difficult is trying to learn finance when you have really, you were born with more of a creative mind. But as the story goes, this bank at the time was wanting to hire people who had owned their own company because they were promoting that their lenders understand business. So I own my own company. I at least had an MBA, so I understood finance. And so that's how it happened. It was one of those, I guess the universe stars just aligned correctly. And I thought it was kind of a crazy idea at the time, but it allowed me to understand finance from the inside because I had been doing some work. I was a CEO for a medical product company. I was working with the investors and the bankers, and I realized there was a lot I didn't understand. So when I came back out of that experience and said, okay, it's time to start my firm again, it's been some years, I realized that having the finance background and having the marketing background really was a dual discipline that most people didn't have. But I have to go back and tell you, Cindy, the marketing, I don't remember learning. You know, you understand how you get these creative ideas and they come to you and you, you learn it, but it just automatically came into my mind. And I know that that was the skill I was born with. Learning finance was so difficult for me. And that's what prompted me to start the class, How to Read Financial Statements, because I realized it wasn't that hard at all. It's just you have to teach it differently. And you do. Finance, you do. Don't. And I think it's the same thing that happens when a creative person is pushed up the corporate ladder in a larger company um, a lot of times because of the talent and because of the, you know, ability to, you know, run a staff and um, make customers happy. There are a lot of creative people, right side of the brain people, who are put into vice presidential positions and all of a sudden they're, you know, they're responsible for a budget. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you learn that you got to know um, there's a math to it. There's a rhythm to it. Um, you know, there's, you know, a narrative to it which right-sided, right-side brain people are probably pretty good at, but, you know, coming with, up with the numbers and reading the financial statements and making sure that your numbers coincide with a financial statement of a publicly traded company can be quite um, intimidating for those young new vice president. It is so true, and, and my passion for starting the class was to be able to take everybody through and help them to understand because I realized that there's so many acronyms that a lot of times people just get caught in the language. And I also wrote a summary that's on my website for 1999, and it's how to read financial statements, and it takes you through it. I just think it's real important information, and it doesn't need to be taught in the way it, it is. So that's how my class started, and it's funny because I've become known so well for my finance background 
around that people go, now you can do marketing plans, right? And at one time it was trying to be known for my fi- my finance background, and now it's like, yeah, yeah, that was my origin. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, when you t- look at marketing and the bottom line, it's all about ROI anyway. So It is, and that's what was so fascinating to me when I had accomplished the commercial lending and started consulting again is I would ask for the financial statements and now making the link between what's happening strategically in the marketplace and in the sales and what's happening in the profitability and the leverage of the company. It's a strong link. And my goal is to, in companies, constantly link those two departments together because they're segmented a little bit more than possibly healthy for the companies. Right. No, I I think, but again, you have, you know, um, sort of a marriage of two disciplines that really should be married. And um, it's the same thing, you know, in the accounting business, too. It's like when when my accounting clients advise their sole proprietors on, you know, their business, it's like the accounting doesn't, the accountant doesn't know the trends in their business. So that's why it's really important not to just hand everything financial over to the accountant to take care of for you. You know, you're completely correct. I always tell people that accountants work with historical data, and in order to manage your company, you have to work with forecasted data, and there's two different things in that arena. Right. No, exactly right. And I think that's, um, you know, that's really, really important. I know that, and we'll finish up the show in this segment and the last, you're going to give us an overview of the three key areas that business owners must focus on during these hard economic times? Yeah, I, you know, in, in dealing with so many problems in the last six months, I've tried to figure out, okay, what three things can I walk into a company and always focus on each and every time? And I've written on my blog, and I'm currently writing more about this, and I came up with the financial assessment and monitoring, you know, kind of like what we're talking about, going in and seeing exactly what's going on with the leverage of the company, exactly what's going on with the profit, then a strategic assessment of the marketplace, really figuring out what is going on currently in the marketplace, are consumer behaviors changing, what will they be like tomorrow, and then managing your human capital, what's going on with the people inside your company, um, how is the motivation level, are they experiencing issues with the recession, how well are they innovating, because innovation is often lost in situations of intense fear. And so those are the three areas when I walk into any company. I'm kind of looking at them and seeing and juxtaposing them together to see where the company is situated today. Okay, so it's like all three areas, and that's what you'll do when you sit down with a new business client. Absolutely. You know, the financial assessment is looking at the current financials, but it's really about seeing what kind of processes they have in place to monitor because a lot of them are living day-to-day and they're not really doing projections on, well, if sales dip this low, what will cash flow look like and what will we need to do? So with the finance section, it's really getting some parameters in place and doing scenarios. Now, that sounds complicated. It can be as simple as an Excel document with a few formulas, and that way you can deal with a problem before it happens. And so with the financials, it's really important to predict and start guessing when the recession will be over, as we talked about at the beginning. And I also have been speaking a lot on the fact, and we we chatted about this too, Cindy, is that I think when the recession is done, consumer behavior will change. There's going to be a paradigmatic shift in the way consumers purchase. So companies may have to rethink their offerings and be dealing with a different consumer base than they are today. Right, no, I think that's really true. I, I think that behavioral differences is a big part of it. And again, 
hope we're fortunate to um, enjoy some of these behavioral differences, um, you know, Q1. Yeah, and you know, the, the companies with, that are in tune with this and start seeing a shift in customer behavior and respond accordingly goes back to the ones that will be taking care of the, or taking advantage of the opportunity. Right. Well, you know, one of the things that we keep on telling um, colleagues and clients and networking buddies is that, you know, the best thing to do right now is to expand your client base. Yeah, I agree. In fact, I speak a lot about the fact that the markets are constricting, so the only way you can experience flat growth or growth at all, I should say, is that you have to take market share from someone else, and that means you need to expand beyond where you currently are. And that might also include a different delivery model. I have a company that has always sold directly to intermediaries that is now going direct to consumers through the website, going back to opportunities that technology presents. So you have to come up out of the box and no longer think, well, this is the only way I sell or this is my only delivery model and start rethinking, well, what can I do with the core competencies? How can I rebundle, repackage what I do in a different way? All right. Well, listen, we're going to have to take the last commercial break and then we could finish up in terms of detail for um, these areas and, um, you know, we'll finish up the show and, you know, it, um we have more to look forward to. Stand by, stay tuned, and we'll be back right after these commercials. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Movie premieres, TV specials, radio shows, film festivals, restaurant openings, fashion shows, charity events, product launches, parties, media training. At VR Public Relations, we do everything except make empty promises. Grand openings, crisis management, speaking engagements, television, movies, radio shows. VR Public Relations gets the job done, whether it's an intimate party or a huge film festival. In fact, you've probably seen our work in the New York Times, on the evening news, CNN, and the morning shows. Now, it's time for us to assist you. Turn saleability into profitability with the help of VR Public Relations. Visit us online at www.brpublicrelations.com or call 1-818-783-3307. Movie premieres, charity events, TV specials, radio shows. VR Public Relations. We do it all. www.brpublicrelations.com. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter. Formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams. Kwame's got the experience, so he's prepared to talk sports with you. Every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time. Get ready for unpredictable fun and sometimes a sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Are you ready to go green? You've asked and we've heard you. Voice America presents the Green Talk Network. 
environmental topics are at the forefront of our society, and the Green Talk Network is here to keep you up to date on the latest trends and new innovations for the eco-conscious lifestyle. We'll help promote a variety of ideas on the environment, from global warming issues to how you can become more eco-friendly in your daily activities. Be a part of the solution, not the problem. Visit the Green Talk Network page on voiceamerica.com and tune in to help spread the green. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Cindy Rakowitz has won more awards than she can hang on her wall, including three Clios. Call in now at 1-866-472-5788 and you can have one. Okay, maybe not, but she will answer your questions. Back to Stars of PR with Cindy R. We're back, we're back. Final segment with Lori Williams, Chief Strategist for LWN Associates, and she launched her website called Business Simply Put to help the entrepreneur with their basic business needs and and questions. So, Lori, um, you know, any more details in the financial assessment and monitoring, strategic assessment of the marketplace, managing human capital that you want to add? Yeah, I would say, you know, like I said, under the financial assessment, what is really important is to take the worst scenario over the next, you know, th- four to six months and determine in the worst scenario where would the cash flow be so you can make choices today rather than, you know, when you no longer have as many options. Also, be very conscious of the reality of the receivables. Are they really collectible? Stay on top of the receivables because, you know, as companies start experiencing problems, they're not going to pay as quickly. And be in great communication with your bank and look at other types of financing options if needed. So that's what I'd say under financial assessment. Just really keep uh, tight grips and, and know what's going to be happening tomorrow. On the strategic assessment of the marketplace, I'm using a lot of repackaging, rebundling, or other processes to give consumers more choices. If you consumers even are interested today in participating in some of the labor to bring the cost down, I'm finding that a lot. The do-it-yourself thought process can be incorporated into brands that you would never have thought of before. Case in point, I do these financial Excel models that help people to manage their company. And I started doing this process of about uh, two months ago where I start the structure and then the, uh, people do their own data input and give it back to me to cut the cost. I would have never thought of doing that, but I told somebody, well, if you want to do the data input, then I can handle the you know intellect on it and save money. For a client that we been working with in you know the furniture industry or if you do some of the space planning and identify the sizes we can cut costs so you're you're finding that you can partner with people and you can rebundle your product or services in ways you never have before and you might come up with a brand new line on that and i'm managing human capital i just can't emphasize the importance of communication Tell the employees what are going on. They're fearful. If you communicate, you keep an open-door policy. Innovation and creativity do not happen when people are afraid. Right. No, I, I think that's true. Well, I guess you have to do some fear management then. You really do, and I find that, you know, even a a friend of mine who works for a public company, very large company, she said that one day her boss said, 
we can't tell you exactly what's going to happen yet because it's not public knowledge, but we can tell you that we are fully understanding what's going on and we're doing something about it. And she's walked away feeling that even though she understood she didn't know what, it was just good to know that they weren't asleep at the wheel. And that affected me. That story affected me. And I realized that he didn't really say anything other than we are doing something, and that brought a bit of comfort. So I think it really respecting that everybody's fearful and keeping an open-door policy will go a long way. All right. Well, you also have to now, you can't be fearful of what you're hearing now. You have to always plan a contingency plan. Oh, I, I fully agree, and I think that, you know, I think the worst of it is over very much so. I think that we're going to start getting um, away from that feeling like doom is around the corner. I decided personally uh, several months ago, I said, you know, in spite of the recession, it's days in my life, and they cannot be replaced, and I'm not going to live in fear. I'm going to enjoy these days, because someday we're going to look back, and this is going to be in history book, but so will the days of my life, and I think that, I know that's not a business statement. That's more of a personal statement, well, but I think it's, it's something to be said and that. it actually really applies to business. If you were a life coach, it would be meaningful. Yeah, absolutely. Oh. And, you know, I did. I continued to do the things I enjoyed, found enjoyment in things that um, it don't cost a lot of money. You know, it's full disclosure, I'm a mountaineer and a rock climber, so I spend my weekends in the mountains. And I always say there's no recession here. There's plenty of snow, plenty of rock, plenty of trees. There's no recession. Right. Well, I mean, that's a healthy way to look at things. I mean, it, you know, in the case where a person might be hearing, might be feeling concerned about losing their job, uh, the the advice that I would give to that person is make a list of other things that you can do if you did, and that would really give that person a sense of comfort, um, more independence, you know, lack of dependency. What we do is we, especially before the recession hit, is we build up these sort of fake comfort zones. You know, I'll always have my job, so I'm going to spend all of this money. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'm always going to have my job, so I never have to worry about money. And the, the truth of the matter is, if you do word analysis and philosophical analysis, nobody's guaranteed to ever have really anything. I fully agree with you. Um, we're of the same camp. And I think once you start listing your choices and options and you start breaking it down to what skill base you have, you start realizing there's a lot more options. And when people get closed-minded is when they become fearful. My favorite word, Cindy, is the word choice. I think right. it's a very important word, and I live by that. And, you know, you can look back at anything in your life and say, wow, I'm really glad that happened because then this opportunity was presented. So there's going to be a shift. It's creative destru- destruction and Darwinism as its finest. But no one's saying that we won't be better off after it's done and there won't be new opportunity. That's what life's about. No, it is. Well, it's survival of the fittest. You used Darwin. That was a good word. I mean, there are people in my life that I constantly have to mother and, you know, tell them that, you know, you can't do the what if that and the what if this and, you know, what if the, you know, the cement falls out from under our feet scenario because, you know what, that's not, that's not a positive way of thinking. It's not conducive to anything positive in business or in personal health. So, you know, you have to always have answers to the what if, like if, you know, if we lose all of our clients, well, then we can always do this. Right. Really the right way to handle these times, particularly if you're in a small or mid-sized business. I mean, the what if we lose all of our clients is really, it's a real scenario. Well, and I always think that the power is in the questions that you ask. So I 
concentrate quite a bit on the question because that will promote the answer. You start asking questions such as the one you mentioned, what if we lose all our customers? Then that begs the next question, well, where else could we find new customers? Exactly right. right. And what are the disciplines where the customers are Mm -hmm. is really the Darwinian solution. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and, and I think then what happens is new pathways open up, and before you know it, you're into a situation that you would have not been prior had this not happened. So I do think it's the power of the questions, and it's it's fun. I mean, in many ways, I'm looking at companies that we're working with and saying, well, what if we did this? What if we did this? And getting the entire staff to recreate delivery systems, to recreate marketing materials, do things that never had been done before. I think that's one of the wonderfully positive situations about economic hard times is people start thinking about how to do dif- things different. And you know there's statistics, I don't know the percentages, that show that a lot of the companies, the innovative companies, were started during these times. So I find it interesting because I think what can we come up with today that we didn't think about yesterday because we didn't have to? No, right, I, I really do. I feel the same way. And um, I guess you and I, you know, are pretty much the same age and I think have been in business pretty much the same amount of years, and it's great to find a woman that has like-minded philosophy. Yeah, I get the feeling, Cindy, you and I could have a cup of coffee and discuss philosophies for hours and find that we believe a lot of the same things. I'm I learning think that that's this really morning true. Well, it's all positive. We bring, you know, mm-hmm. solid discipline to the table, but we also have a spiritual sort of, um, you know, input, and that's, you need both. Just like finance and marketing, you, I think you need both in business. And we're going to have to come to an end, Lori. I know that an hour seemed like a long time, but it goes so fast, doesn't it? It does. And, Cindy, I want to thank you so much for having me on this morning, and thank you to the listeners, and hopefully, you know, they've come away with some things that they can apply today. Well, we wish you the best of luck as you continue to counsel businesses, and thank you for joining our show today. Lori Williams, Chief Strategist for LW and Associates. Take care, everybody, and have a great week. Thank you for listening to Stars of PR with Cindy R. Please come back next Thursday and every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern for more insider information on the world of public relations with Cindy Rakowitz on Stars of PR. See you next week. I am an American Idol. I've got synthetic Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.